Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. I'm going to tell y'all right now, and I'm not going to start with it. If you have not watched the two new episodes of the new Sex in the City, that's not the name of the show. The name of the show is, and then what happened? And just like that, that's what it is. It's called And Just Like That, which I was like, why Why did y'all pick this name for the show? And they incorporate the line into the show, but I was like, this is a horrible name for branding. I mean, I guess you can brand anything if you make it hot enough, but I was like, ain't nobody calling this show And Just Like That. We're calling it the new Sex in the City, like, because that's what it is. It's Sex in the City 20 years later. But I'm not going to talk now about the show. I'm going to talk about the foolishness with Juicy Smouye, which... By the way, I know I butcher names on a regular basis, but like Jesse Smollett is not a hard name to figure out. I actually know his name. I call him Juicy Smouye because of Dave Chappelle. Y'all don't remember Dave Chappelle did this whole stand up and there was this long ass skit about Juicy Smouye making fun of Jesse Smollett right after his whole like I was leaving my house at 2 a.m. on the coldest night of the year to go get a Subway sandwich when I was attacked in the street. I know Chicago wild. Chicago not that wild. Not on the coldest night of the year. Ain't nobody out trying to attack people and be racist and homophobic. It's too cold for that shit. They sit in the house and cuss you out. They're not coming outside to do that shit. But anyway, Dave Chappelle did this whole skit and called Jesse Smollett Juicy Smouye the whole time. And that's why I call him Juicy. But mad people were like, D, seriously, like, you have to look up names. One, I don't. Two, I did. Three, it's a joke, people. It's a joke. Oh, my gosh. Folks been on my ass all day. I couldn't sleep last night. So, like, 2.30 in the morning, I don't know what I was watching. I watched All American. I watched Queens. I caught up on some other show, too. Still ain't caught up on BMF. And then somebody started talking about, like, the new Sex in the City. Like, I knew there was a premiere because a bunch of my friends in New York had gone to it. Oh, my God, the big budget. So much fashion. They had, like, a whole fashion exhibit at the after party. It was, oh, it was so amazing. Is it still, like, available to view? Is it going to be up for a while? You know I will fly back to New York in a minute, especially after watching Harlem and Sex in the City. I am so homesick right now. Isn't that crazy? I say homesick, and I think New York, not D.C. That's wild. Um... I knew the show was coming, but I thought it wasn't coming until Friday. And then I saw somebody talking about it. And I was like, wait, is it up yet? So like 2.30 in the morning, I'm sitting in my apartment watching Sex in the City. And I'm thinking, you know, it's going to be like light and, and fun fair like it used to be. And it was not. But before we talk about that, we're going to talk about Juicy Smouye. So at least the folks who haven't had a chance to watch the show can get a little something from the episode and then they can go pause and then they can go watch and then they can come back because, oh my God, I have to talk about this show. I talked about it on Instagram. I put up a post at like four o'clock in the morning and I was like, block me, delete me, mute me, do whatever you need to do, unfollow, like whatever. Because when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to talk about this show. Just FYI. And I woke up and there was like a small crisis and like a Zoom meeting. And I had to take care of some other stuff with the merch. So I was like, you know what? I'm giving folks time. And people kept being like, D, we ready. And then Instagram was down. Like, I don't think I posted until like, I don't know, five o'clock East Coast time. 
that I posted and a bunch of people had already watched the show. Y'all were stealing wages today because y'all was at the office or on the clock watching a lot of Sex in the City. I'd love to see what the first day numbers are because a whole bunch of people watch that show. And I know because after I posted, all of y'all were in my comments talking about, oh my God, oh my God. I ain't mad. I'd do the same thing if I had a nine to five. But then other people were like, oh my God, you spoiled the whole show. Like, yeah, when you see spoiler alert at the top of, you know, a post, that usually means that spoilers are following. So I don't even feel bad for y'all. I did my due diligence. 12-hour notice plus spoiler alert in all caps. And I ain't put like the giveaway in like the first sentence so you didn't see it when you're scrolling. I've done my part. Everything else is on you. Sorry. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Because we have a lot to talk about when it comes to the show. We might just dedicate this whole show to Sex and the City because I... borderline. Oh, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to give it away for the folks who haven't heard yet. Okay, 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 okay. Juicy Smoothie. Last episode, we talked about some of the crazy shit that's been coming out in the trial. He and the personal trainers that I can say it now because the courts just found him guilty that he paid to attack him on that frightful, freezing Chicago night. He was charged with six counts of disorderly conduct. The jury found him guilty of five of them. So basically, he lied to the police. And caused all this hullabaloo for nothing. We're still waiting on sentencing to see what happens. I'm of two minds on this. I think on GP, his ass should get some time. Just for being a public nuisance and a headache. Doing this dumb shit and then drawing it out for two years. For pleading not guilty to some shit everybody knew you were guilty of, sir. But then like my black card kicks in. And I'm like, I can't wish no jail time on no black man. Even a dumb black man. It's not like anybody died. It's not like he assaulted somebody. It's not like there was abuse involved. He wasted a whole lot of people's goddamn time. Lord knows the Chicago police got better shit to do than investigate a crime that didn't really happen when there's crime happening all over the city. That was some bullshit. I don't want to see him in jail. I don't think this is a jailable offense. Like this is, he's, not a, he's not a threat to the safety of others. He's just dumb. He's just stupid. Put him on probation for a couple years. Let his life be inconvenienced. And just and wipe the whole slate clean as long as he don't lie about nothing else between now and his probation ending. If he pulls some more dumb shit like this, okay, fine, lock him up. But just if this shit, just it, it needs to end. It just needs to end. It should have been ended. This case has been lingering over our heads for two years. Empire and came and gone. That's what we talked about last episode, how this whole thing was supposed to be because he wanted, I think, a better contract for Empire. Empire been gone and forgotten about. Lee Daniels got a whole new show that Juicy ain't on. He did all that. Had this BS in his life for two years for a show that ain't even on the air anymore. Sir. This is a waste of the good people's time. Did I save anything else? I'm trying to like, for the folks that, you know, haven't watched the show, I want to make sure y'all have a little something of substance. But I really only want to talk about one thing. I'm checking. I'm checking right now. Oh, this is good. This is really good. Lamar Odom, Lamb Lamb. He came up the other day. We were talking about Chloe, and I was like, I used to follow Chloe when she was with Lamb Lamb because I liked Lamar. He, he had a lot of issues then, and after her, she wasn't the source of his issues. That he, he was the source of his issues. But he wrote this open letter yesterday, and if you recall, after Chloe, he he got into a relationship, which you know, folks post on Instagram, and you just assume because they have like you know big smiles and nice outfits, and then they're at you know, luxurious places or, you know, a fancy dinner or something that, oh, they must be in like a a happy, healthy relationship. But all that glitters is not gold. So Lamar wrote this open letter yesterday where he said a year ago, he left his ex-fiance 
I knew they were together. I knew they broke up. I knew she'd publicly, you know, taken some jabs. I knew it was abrupt, but I didn't remember any of the details of it. But he shared some details when he posted. He said um, that he left his ex fiance at the W Hotel in Atlanta without notice. He said when she realized I was going back to my home in San Diego, she was livid. Okay, I think I might feel the same if I was in Atlanta with my man and he just got on a plane with no explanation and left. But I guess it would depend on what happened just before that. I'm going to assume something happened. Could be his fault. Could be her fault. Probably both of their fault. Takes two to tango. Two to make it pretty. Two to fuck it up. That's usually the case. Sometimes folks just be wilding. I'm sorry. Pause. Have y'all seen this post that's circulating? It's not a am I the asshole because I love those. It's just this post. This woman says she'd been with this guy for eight months. She thought they had a good relationship. She said sometimes he would be cold and a little distant. And she kind of got the feeling he didn't value her. But he hadn't really done anything outright that made her think that it was just sort of a feeling that she had. So she said they were sitting at the house and she was doing something. She was distracted and he asked her to hand her the remote. And mind you, they're both sitting on the couch and she reached for the remote and accidentally handed him her phone. And she said, when I realized my mistake, like I laughed and then I reached for the remote and handed it to him. Innocent mistake. And she said his reaction was to yell at her And call her a stupid bitch. She was like, oh, oh, absolutely not. She said, I have never disrespected him in any way. I have never yelled at him. Like, that's not how I speak. And that's not how I allow people to speak to me. So she said, I told him to leave my house. She said, I got up and opened the door, opened it wide and told him to get out. And he was like, yo, you're tripping right now. And she was just like, okay, get out my house. She was like, we're done. This relationship is over. She said the next day she rounded up all the stuff, the gifts that he had given her. She says they have no meaning to me now. She was like, I rounded it up. I took it to him. She said she told people what happened and they were like, yo, you're tripping. Like you need to give him a second chance. She said his friend started like blowing her up and harassing her on social media. And so she was like, I just blocked them. And she was like, I'm done. And she was like, I'm not telling you this story just, you know, for for validation or to ask if I did the right thing, because I know I did. But just to, you know, just share it with you because like I'm not crazy. Oh the, oh, the other thing, too, is the girl's friends. I don't know if I said that the girl's friends were like, yo, you're bugging. You overreacted like you're tripping. And I was like, do people not know what red flags are or people don't know what you're supposed to do with a red flag? I want to say I was shocked by the number of people who don't think that a man calling you a stupid bitch is a reason to break up with him or even divorce him, to be quite honest. There was a time when something like that would have shocked me. But after all those years, I asked Demetria, it takes way more than that to shock me. But there were so many people who were like, yeah, you need to give him a second chance. Like, okay, y'all got into an argument. And it's like, no, it's not an argument. I personally do not allow men to yell at me. I tend to date dudes who are a lot bigger than me, which what you're not going to do is be like a foot taller than me and be yelling at me. It's, it's intimidating and threatening because of the size differential. No, absolutely not. And to that point, I don't yell at you either. But I thought that was so crazy is the woman was like, you know, I clearly saw a red flag, ran away from it. And it's like people are trying to like nudge me back to it. Do y'all don't really see that as like the gateway to like punching her in her face? 
The guy who's casually calling you a stupid bitch because you handed him the wrong item or you weren't paying enough attention to him, either one, that's crazy. Yes, you should leave him immediately. That's not the point. The point is, something happened between Lamar and this woman. He doesn't say what it was. He just says he got up and left with no notice. He was in Atlanta. He went back to San Diego. The man traveled through time zones to get back home and away from this woman. Something happened. Okay. She flipped that he left. Makes sense. Sounds about right. He says that she called or texted him over 250 times over the next month, December, wanting to fix their relationship. He says, quote, we were toxic independently and collectively. He goes on, quote, leaving broke my heart, but saved my soul. The relationship was abusive. Many times I wanted to go back because the dysfunction in me was addicted to the abuse. The addict in me hated being alone. The man in me wanted a pretty face to wake up to. It was hard. Late nights and early mornings alone wears on a brother. I sought solace in marijuana and a slew of random women, not loving any of them, not really wanting to be with any of them, but it beat being lonely. He says, one day my soul opened up, light bulb went off, and I wanted and needed to change for me. My team had worked hard to get me a fresh start. I had to honor that. Today I am free, drug-free, marijuana-free, relationship-free. I am rebuilding a relationship with myself, with my family. I am focused on my faith, my growth, my brand. I am a legend. I own that. I am a recovering addict. I own that too. In conclusion, he says, stand in your truth. Do not believe everything you read. Luckily, my team keeps a record of everything, so I am reminded of how far I have come. I have not arrived yet. I will not let troubled exes from my past haunt me. I will stand in my truth. I owe that to myself and whomever God places next in my life. I truly love you all for loving me. Lamar Odom. Bless his heart. He sounds like a man who's gone through some growth. I hope that it is genuine growth. I hope it's not just nice words for the Instagram. It does sound to me, just as someone who has worked on self, it reads to me as someone who has worked on self. So I hope that is the case. Good for him. Oh, speaking of Lamb Lamb updates, I saw something about Khloe Kardashian. She went to an awards show, the People's Choice Awards. Folks on online pointed out that she wore one of Courtney's old dresses, which I was like, is it a slow news day? Like, okay, she wore his sister's dress. I mean, okay. Now that I think about it, it probably wasn't Courtney's dress. It's probably like Courtney also wore a dress by the same designer, but I don't see how Courtney and Chloe could fit the same clothes. That's weird. Anyway, but I guess when Halle Berry was on stage, the camera panned to Chloe and she had a sour look on her face. And so people latched on to that and were saying that maybe she had negative feelings about Halle Berry, which is, you know, kind of ridiculous. But Chloe had to clear it up online because so many people were, were talking about her expression. She said, um, it's disappointing my face gave that expression. I'm reading this on page six. She says, Halle Berry is such a force, absolutely stunning and beyond talented. She added, to be honest, I'm barely in my own body right now. Please don't read into anything. Also, please don't tear me apart because you assumed something. I know Chloe 
knew that this man was a whoring ass man. Because again, I think he was with some other woman when she met him. That like, this is the third time he's publicly cheated on her, even though they're not together. Like, just to go back and think that like, you know, you cheated on me once and I gave you a second chance. You cheated on me twice and I gave you a second chance. And, you know, during that second, second chance, you cheated on me again. Yeah, like you knew he was a whore, but everybody always thinks that like, you know, I'm different. He's not going to do to me what he did to those other people because I'm different. And, you know, when dudes cheat, it's not like, you know, they cheat and be like, well, bitch, I did it now do it again. They'd be like, no, you know, it just happened. And I was drunk. I don't know what I was thinking. I didn't do it. Even though with Tristan, wasn't there like video evidence? I like, this is all coming back now. Like he was outside some hotel. There were pictures with like him and the chick. That was the first time the public knew he cheated because he was just like blatant with it. But guys tell you everything you want to hear to get you to keep them. And then they buy the gifts and they make the promises and all those things. And you're like, okay, love is about forgiveness and people make mistakes and blah, blah, blah. So you try to work things out. Then he did that shit again and she forgave him again. I guess because they got a kid or maybe she got low self-esteem. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. That wouldn't surprise me at all. But I don't know. There's still a part of me that's like, you know, you knew what you were walking into. And you were probably the woman that he cheated with, one of the women, on the first baby mama. And still... I feel bad for her. She, she ain't the first or the last woman to be stupid over a man. I mean, I guess I just relate to the feeling. I have a bit of empathy for her. Not a lot. Just woman to woman. And, you know, you want to believe in the best of somebody. And you want to, I don't know, be loyal. And you love somebody. Or you want somebody to love you. Or you're lonely. As Lamb Lamb just talked about. You make piss poor decisions. I think last episode I talked about, and I was like, yo, I'm just out here just trying to figure it out. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I can give you great advice on how to live your life, but actually, like, you know, implement it on my own. I mean, I could. It's a whole lot of work. I completely understand why people don't. Sometimes I just don't feel like working on self. Sometimes I just want to, like, just be. The answer, my friend, <laughs> I was going to sing. <laughs> the answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. I sang last episode and I was like, oh, I'm not, I can't sing today. I'm off key. And this woman on Instagram asked today and she said, but we, she said, but when are you ever on key? And I was like, oh, y'all so fucking nasty. Jesus Christ. I should have blocked her ass for that. Uh, <laughs> I think she was joking. I was in a good mood when I read it. So I didn't. <laughs> now that I think about it, I'm like, oh, that was shady shit. <laughs> I feel a little bad for Chloe. Not too bad. But I feel a little bad for Chloe. Everybody just out here trying to figure it out. Even lying ass Jesse. Sir was trying to get his money up on Empire and went and did some some desperate dumb shit that didn't make no damn sense and concocted a whole story that never did line up to anybody with thinking skills. Although initially I will say that the man said he was attacked. Somebody put a noose around his neck. When I first heard the story, like, I didn't even think about, like, what, what, what temperature was it? And, like, it was 2 a.m. Like, y'all ain't got no Grubhub in Chicago. It's a major city. I know for a fact Chicago got Grubhub at 2 a.m. Because I ordered it. I didn't even think about, like, how it didn't make any sense. I was like, oh, the man said he was attacked. And who would make up a story like this? Juicy Jesse. I can't believe he did that shit. It's so stupid. Okay. Now we have to talk about sex in the city. Y'all. Y'all, I was sitting up here at two o'clock in the morning uh, between me singing Adele all day off key as the woman not so nicely pointed out, but between the Adele 
and now like the the middle of the night sex in the city with that ending this is your fair warning log off now if you have not seen the first two episodes of sex in the city i'm about to spoil this shit completely okay go now go now i'll wait I will say that so far, I like the new season. I appreciate Sex and the City for what it was when it was on. I had my criticisms of the show back then. One of them being like, where are the black people? Like you couldn't get like one black character on par with the other women. Even the people in the background, it was aggressively white. Yo, like these are deliberate choices. And it started to feel offensive at the end, because I was like, you have so many black viewers or brown viewers. But as a black woman, like I see most things through the lens of blackness, but it was like aggressively not black. And I was just like, these choices, I don't understand why you make these choices. Like, do you not want black people's money? Like, I don't get it. The new season from just the two episodes I've seen, like it's almost comical, the number of black people they have in the background. Every scene of the show, there's a black person sitting in the restaurant. There's a black person walking by. There's black people, brown people, Asian people. There's just all sorts of diversity all up and through this show. And I was like, one, somebody called them out on this shit and they heard it and implemented changes in this reboot. They couldn't get away with making a completely white show in 2021 the way they did in the late 90s, early 2000s. So I'm glad they got some black folks involved. My favorite, obviously, is Nicole Ari Parker. I still don't know what the character's name is that she's playing. I just call the character Nicole Ari Parker, all three names. I mean, you can give her a name, whatever her name is. If it's not Nicole Ari Parker, I'm not calling her that. Her name's Nicole Ari Parker. That, that's, the, that, that's her name. She is a, um, a well-lauded, married documentarian who seems to have wealth on par with the other ladies. At least one of her children goes to school with Charlotte's um, oldest daughter, Lily. Um, But ma'am is showing up with like, you know, all of the fashions, all of the jewels, the whipping of the hair. Like she looks freaking amazing. She also looks about 10 years younger, at least, maybe 15 younger than than her castmates. I want to say this and I want to say this delicately. White women don't really age well in general. I don't know if it's like a lack of moisturizer or it's, or it's really just the lack of melanin. It's a little startling and nothing against them. Like your face is your face is your face. I mean, everybody, I guess, preserves it as well as possible. But I was just like instinctively when I was watching the episode in the middle of the night, like I got up and like drank some water. And before I went to bed, like I lathered my face down. Most nights I don't even think about it. Like I just put like my little moisturizer on in the morning after I wash my face and I call it a day. But last night I was like, mm-mm. Mm-mm. It was like rubbing it in. I had under eye cream and everything. I was like, Mm-mm. I got enough melanin to be visibly brown, but like not enough to, you know, fully sustain with no effort. I was like, Mm-mm. I'm a woman of a certain age. I'm not going out like that. I joked, kind of. I was actually really serious when I said it. I was actually really serious when I said it. Remember Gladys Knight's makeup artist? Gladys Knight be showing up looking like she had a full plastic surgery moment when her makeup artist gets to her for her public appearances and performances. She'd be looking like a strong 55, 60 when that makeup artist get done. I was like, was that woman unavailable for this show? These women are in HD, 4K, whatever like the latest is. That I was like, you can see every wrinkle on the face. And I was like, oh no, 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 no. I was like, they need black makeup artists. And, and that's not to say white folks can't do makeup. Joanna, 
who does Easter Rays makeup, that's a bad white chick. Joanna used to do my face back in the day. I don't know if I can afford Joanna now. But Joanna will fix your face. They need to get Joanna on that set. They look unhydrated. But I just, I can't not address it because it was very um, jarring watching them on screen. And dear Charlotte, I mean, I think she went and, and tried to preserve her youth or her face. She was a very pretty woman, but she got not good work done. I was like, honey, they can dissolve that. And I was like, but where did you pay for that work, babe? That don't look like coastal work. That's not New York or L.A. Where'd you get that done, babe? You got to get the stuff to dissolve it and just go free for six months and let it just get out and then go get good work done or just leave the shit alone. The face that she has now, it probably would have been a lot better had she just like left it alone and let it just age as such. They need the makeup artist that's working on Jasmine Guy on Harlem. That's what they do need. Okay, now I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Okay, we're moving on to another topic. We're going to talk about something else regarding the show. Samantha, as we knew, is not a part of the show. We knew that Kim Cattrall, who played Samantha, was not coming back for the show. I would have loved to see her. She didn't want to be seen, so that's that. I don't particularly care for the way that the show is handling her. Samantha is painted as Carrie didn't want her to be her publicist anymore. And then Samantha got upset and ended their friendship and ended up moving to London. I was like... Nothing about that sounds like something Samantha would do. Like Samantha was fiercely loyal to her friends. And I can't see Samantha as someone who'd been a publicist for like, I don't know, more than 30 years getting upset because her client moved on. Like it just doesn't read true to the character. And then her not speaking to Miranda or Charlotte because she had a falling out with Carrie also doesn't read true to me. And I was like, I, I know you had to figure out a way to explain that Samantha wasn't on the show because the actress didn't want to come back. I get it. But I was like, I, I don't know what the alternative was to that. But I was like, not that. I really think they could have just said she was in London. Maybe she met a guy and moved to London. I mean, I could see her doing that. Just not speaking for that reason. Like after like, what, 30 years of friendship? Just seems... No. But they do find ways to make her presence felt. And I knew the show was going to be difficult without Samantha, but especially when you get to episode two, which I'll talk about. I'm going to try to talk about things in, in um, what is it called? The order that they happen. I did think that her presence was very, 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 very missed. And also, they just got her doing more stuff that's just not true to character. I know it's really hard when you have to get rid of a, a main character on a show and how to handle that. But like, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they did like the best that they thought they could do, but I just feel like there's something a little lacking still there. I think they nailed 2021 Miranda really, really well. I absolutely do think Miranda would want to be some sort of like Black Lives Matter ally and be hyper liberal and especially after moving to Brooklyn and just get the shit all wrong, which she does. Like you can tell she means well, but she just be putting her foot all up in her mouth all of the first episode. And, and... I didn't really pick up on it until episode two. Episode one gives us, I think, an introduction to a storyline with Miranda having a drinking problem. So Miranda is going back to school and she's a little intimidated because she is an older student. Most of the students are just a little bit older than her son, Brady. 
Miranda's nervous about going back to school. And so when she gets off the subway, she pops into a bar and the bar is like, oh no, we're not serving just yet. And Miranda was like, oh, I'll wait. Ma'am looked at the time. It was 1045 in the morning. I was like, look, I get your nerves being bad. I get needing a drink. I I get being stressed out. It's not like that only happens after five o'clock somewhere. But I was like 1045 in the morning, ma'am. But there's several instances in the in the show where like Miranda, like she pulls out a bottle of wine at Lily's recital. And I was like a whole bottle. I mean, I used to sell ratchet and respectable flasks. Like I get like, you know, a little something to take the edge off. But like, ma'am, you put the whole bottle in your purse, the whole bottle. Oh, I guess we have to talk about that awful ending for episode one. I mean, it made for great TV, but just as a long term viewer of Sex in the City. I didn't realize how long I've been invested in this show. I didn't get into Sex and the City when it first came out. I didn't actually get into it until I was moving to New York. So I guess I was probably like maybe 23. And I left on my 38th birthday. Like I grew up. I've been married, divorced, traveled around the world, moved to the other side of the country. That's how long this show has been with me. Same amount of time I've known him. So in the final, I don't know, minute of the show, Mr. Big dies. He has a heart attack right after he gets off his Peloton, which by the way, we talked a few episodes ago about like the comparisons people keep making between Harlem and other shows that have been on the air, including Sex and the City. And I, and one of the things that I said is like, it's not a bad comparison seeing as how, you know, Sex and the City was like this huge cultural phenomenon, but it's like further evidence of the huge cultural phenomenon that is Sex and the City. The new episodes aired, I want to say Thursday at midnight. You know, Peloton stock plummeted. It was already down because when the world opened up, people stopped working out at home. So they stopped buying Pelotons. But their stock plummeted, I think it was by 10% because of what happened on Sex in the City. Oh my God. Like the show is, is back back in a huge way. Like it's still a cultural phenomenon. But Big, Big has a heart attack. He'd already had heart problems. Carrie was at a recital for Charlotte's daughter, that girl played the fuck out that piano. But Carrie comes back to the apartment and Big has had this heart attack probably at least 30 minutes before she gets there. Because, you know, she has to leave the venue and then catch a cab. And it seemed like she couldn't get a car when she left the venue. So she finally gets home. She walks into the bathroom and he's, you know, laying on the floor and he's still alive. And it's like he was holding out for her to get there. And they do this stare down, which is like some almost like some wild, wild west shit. And I was like, ma'am, if you don't call 911, call 911, call 911. But she runs across the room and she, you know, she hugs him and she's trying to comfort him and she's kissing him and she's crying on him. And he raises his arm to, I guess, embrace her in some way. And then it falls and I was like, okay, well, call 911 because, you know, he can be saved. And then Carrie in narration says something like, and just like that, the name of the show. And she was like, you know, Big died. He did what now? He did what now? I flipped out in this apartment. Like, I flipped out. She said he was dead and I was still like 911, 911. Like, they can resuscitate him like 911. Like heart compression, CPR, breathe in his mouth. Do something. Do something. Don't just like sit there and cry. Do something. She ain't called 911 until after he died. 
I've never walked in and, and caught anybody on like the brink of life and death. I'd like to think I'd have the presence of mind to both comfort them and call 911. I mean, I want your last moments to be peaceful, but I also want to feel like I've done my due diligence and trying to save your damn life. I was like, that's your whole husband and you ain't called 911? Ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. I know you in shock, but ma'am. I was like, I've been rocking with this man and this couple for 20 some odd years. 20 some odd years. This is like the biggest relationship investment I've ever had. And then he just died on the bathroom floor. I'm like, you brought this whole show back after all the shit that Big put Carrie through. All their back and forth. The half interest, the moving to Paris and not asking her to go, standing her up at the altar, like all this bullshit. And I guess they had some run of happiness between like, you know, the last movie and this show coming back. But I'm like, you brought the man back. You gave us like three minutes of happy coupleton. They're going to play albums while they make dinner together. They have a whole ritual. They're happy. You gave us three minutes of that. And then y'all killed the man after 21 years. I was done. I was sitting up in here done. Done. I wasn't done yet, though. Episode 2 came up. I was only expecting episode 1. I was like, oh, I can't stop down. So it's Carrie. And she's preparing the funeral arrangements for her husband. I would guess to say, like, her husband of, what, like, 20 years? She called Miranda and told her what happened. Miranda comes running over. Carrie's standing in the doorway talking to Miranda and a body bag goes by in the background. I lost it. Y'all couldn't just kill the man. Y'all had to put him in the body bag and roll it through the background? Oh, no. Oh, fucking no. I held it together for the second episode. Miranda stayed at the house that night. Carrie couldn't sleep, which makes sense. Miranda's talking to Carrie about the coffee. She said, where's the coffee? Carrie said, we keep it in the freezer. I was like, do you? Is that a thing? I never heard of people keeping coffee in the freezer. But Carrie was like, oh, it's in the freezer. So they had this whole conversation about coffee. And Miranda says something like, okay, I'll get some. And Carrie's like, get some what? The whole conversation about coffee never happened in her head. And I was like, oh, this poor thing. She is gone. Ma'am, go lay it down. Go lay it down. You're not, you're not fit to be upright right now. And, and understandably so. No judgment. Lay it down. You're not fully with us right now. As expected, lay it down. Ugh. Charlotte, and I like Charlotte. I didn't always care for her during the show, but, but Charlotte became good people to me when she tried to attack Big after he stood Carrie up at the wedding. I think she, when she yelled, no, he was trying to get to Carrie and Charlotte stood in the way and was like, no. Remember Ghost was trying to get rid of Sean? No. Charlotte got her moments. She's she a little spacey sometimes, but, but Charlotte's a ride or die friend. Okay. The Charlotte, this episode, this one was boohooing like she was fucking big. And I was like, ma'am, that was not your husband. I understand it's an emotional time. I understand you're an emotional person. But how are you going to need more, more consoling than the actual wife? Ma'am, together. Please pull it together. I cried a little for the body bag. Not too much. I cried a little for the coffee. Not too much, but enough. Figured out the funeral. And she got there and she saw the casket in that cold, stark white room. And the casket had this like beautiful spray. I believe those were lilies. And Carrie was trying to go tell the people, I said I didn't want any flowers. Ma'am, you need the flowers. That room looked like an asylum. It was cold. It needed some energy. It needed some life. Literally life. Flowers. She was trying to tell the women to take the flowers away. She's like, well, the flowers came with the card. She opened up that card and it said the flowers are from Samantha. I 
I literally yelped. Mind you, it's 3.30 in the morning. I was like, oh, oh. Boo-hoo. Boo-hoo. I had to pause the damn show. I was crying so hard I couldn't see the screen. I lost it. You would really think that I know these people in real life. But they've been friends in my head for 20-some-odd years. 20-some-odd years with these TV characters. You done took Samantha from me. Now you've taken Big from me. Miranda got to go to school so she can't sit with Carrie. Charlotte comes along and ain't no damn help. Carrie ends up having to take care of her. She had to get rid of Charlotte because Charlotte was too much emotional mess. I was like, who you need in this moment is Samantha. Samantha would have put your whole funeral together, would have made it look chic, because that's the kind of situation that Carrie wanted. She also would have made sure it had some life and some decent speeches. That speech Carrie wrote for Miranda was fucking terrible. I was like, did y'all know the man? Do you love the man? It, don't really, it didn't really sound like it. Ugh, I can't believe they killed Big. I can't believe Samantha's not in the cast. Like, it's a noticeable void. I appreciated the flower send because it was Samantha's presence in the room. But I'm like, how are y'all going to maintain a, a Samantha presence throughout the series? I mean, Nicole Ari Parker is an amazing character. She is not a replacement Samantha. Um, Samantha cannot be replaced. I hope they don't try to throw in someone who's like extra super sexually charged because that was good for the show. Um, they're going to have to figure out something else. I guess it's going to be like Carrie's boss, who's the podcaster, since they talk about sex very freely, I guess. But I, I need Samantha. I do. What else is there to talk about? I talked about a lot of this stuff on my Instagram page. I feel like I need to go over everything. But there are some things I just wanted to expound upon because like, oh, my God. Obviously, I'm recapping Sex in the City every episode. It's only 10 episodes, but I'm, I'm recapping Sex in the City every Friday morning for like the next two months. Just because, like, that's my show. Just like, and just like that. Is there anything else we need to talk about from the show? Miranda's terrible-ass child. Brady turned out to be a motherfucker, but that's not his fault. His parents ain't raising him right. Miranda was like, oh, we liked his girlfriend, so we said that she could sleep over in what world? And, like, you're okay with your teenage son? One, fucking in the house, period. Two, fucking in the house when you're home. And then three, fucking in the house, like, while the headboard's banging? And y'all don't feel comfortable going to, like, interrupt him? And where is that girl's mother or family? There is no possible scenario that I could tell my parents as a high school student, I'm going to stay over at my boyfriend's house tonight. I can't even imagine approaching that issue. Like I would never even ask because it would never be a yes. I'd be grounded just for asking the question. Is this what unmelanated families are doing now? I feel like that's a lot even for the unmelanated. I know there's some cultural differences. You know, there's more freedoms in, in some cultures than others. But I was like, is that, is that regular in, like, unmelanated culture? I don't, I don't know. Like, I have my critiques of the show, but I'm all in to see what happens next. It's definitely an emotional investment. It's not as light and fun as it used to be. And maybe that's why they named it, like, a whole separate thing instead of calling it Sex in the City. So, like, we're getting the same characters. But clearly this is a show with, like, a, a different kind of vibe. So that is the episode for this week. If you've not picked up your Ratchet and Respectable merch, please do. It is available on the website, DemetriaLLucas.com. I can pretty much guarantee a Christmas delivery up through the 15th. After that, it gets sketchy. USPS is not as bad as it was last year, but it's still moving slow. If you want it in your size, I would suggest you end this podcast and go to the website and get the merch that you want. That's my advice to you. Oh, there was something else I wanted to talk about. 
We can save it for next week. Oh, it's not a, it's not a big thing, though. There was a Kanye Drake concert in L.A. last night. It's a, a free Larry Hoover benefit concert, which I don't really understand. Kanye has been on this free Larry Hoover thing for a long time. Larry Hoover is Chicago legend. He's the founder of like this notorious street gang. Um, I want to say this was in the 70s, the Gangster Disciples. They sold crack cocaine. A bunch of people got murdered. Larry Hoover got locked up. He was sentenced to five or six life sentences and 150 to 200 years in prison. So those are the state charges. While in prison, he continued to run the Gangster Disciples. So either in the late 80s or the early 90s, he also got hit with a federal charge, which he was found guilty of. And so he was transferred out of state prison into federal prison where he is now. So Kanye doing this whole free Larry Hoover thing, it's not like Larry Hoover is like up for parole. One, to get him out of jail, they would have to work through his federal charges and his state charges where, again, he's been sentenced to 150 to 200 years in jail. Just once again, for forming a notorious gang that sold crack cocaine and murdered bunches of people. I'm just like, there is no world in which Larry Hoover is getting out of jail. Why Kanye and Drake are playing into this? Why they've decided that of all people who have been locked up for whatever reasons they are, that the one that you've decided to throw all your muscle behind and money behind and press and attention behind is someone who has no chance in fucking hell of ever getting out of jail? I, I'm, I don't know what the logic is. I, I really don't. But they had this benefit concert in L.A. last night and like... Tons of people flew in for it. Like half the East Coast was in town. I know tons of people who were like, D, I'm in your city. And I was like, why? And they were like, the Kanye Drake concert. You're not going? And I was like, no. I got offered tickets three times yesterday. And I was like, "Mm, I'm going to dinner at a friend's house. I'm good. And before y'all start, not like a friend like that. He is a lovely and gorgeous gay American who has absolutely no interest in fish. I went to hang out with the homie. And I was like, that is more preferable to me than going to a Kanye and Drake concert. Like, I'm... I'm good. I heard it live streamed on Amazon. And I was like, I'll just catch that another time. The thing I really want to talk about from the concert that's been circulating all over social media today is Kanye performed Runaway and Runaway from 808s and Heartbreak, right? An amazing album. Like, I want to say like New Year's Day this year. We watched, um, remember Kanye put out like a special video. Was it a special video for the whole album? Or like, was it the Runaway video it was just like 30 minutes long? I love that song. I love the piano on that song. I loved everything about that song. That song and that whole video and that whole album, which was about Amber Rose, which was very clear at the time. There's video circulating of Kanye performing Runaway. And he, I want to say the, the clip that I saw today was when he was in Philly and he was like, I want to thank you, Philadelphia, you know, for raising, you know, this amazing woman or something like that. And he's like, you know, this song I created, I made this song for Amber Rose. So very clearly, we all knew it was about Amber. He said it's about Amber. He performs it last night. And uh, and at the end, he does this like riff and he dedicates the song essentially to his estranged wife. Kanye and Kim are divorcing. 
Kanye keeps saying, he was like, well, I haven't seen divorce papers and, you know, I don't want a divorce and I want to be back with my family and be with my kids and I love Kimberly. He's been very public about like his feelings for that. Meanwhile, as of today, there are news reports that Kim Kardashian is trying to divvy up her divorce. So she wants to be legally known as single while they figure out the money situation and the child custody situation. But she wants to be legally single because she wants like out from Kanye. And again, this is literally the night after he's at a concert dedicating songs that he wrote for another woman to her. And I bring this up. I see so many people like actively supporting what he's doing. She's clearly wanting out. She's moved on. She started dating other people. There are pictures of her walking around holding hands with that weird looking white dude from Saturday Night Live. I don't get it. He's dated a lot of very well-known, very attractive women. He's like the common of white people. But allegedly, though, he has like a giant cannon. So it would explain a lot. But Kim is obviously trying to move on with her life. And Kanye keeps doing these public declarations of love. I just wanted to point out in the same way that I did when like Offset was doing that shit with Cardi. It's so terribly manipulative. Like in the same way, if a woman was running around like screaming about how much she loves a man who was very publicly trying to leave her and get away from her, we would call her like desperate and be like, ma'am, get some control over yourself. When men do it, we call it like, you know, some act of love or showing their emotions or putting their feelings out there, dropping their pride and whatever. Show of love, gesture of love. And I was like, no, it's, it's the same desperate and manipulative shit. This woman is trying to get away from you for whatever reasons that she is. We don't know the ins and outs of their marriage. But Kim has had lots of hints that she's, you know, sick of his unstable shit or whatever else happened. I'm sure, you know, she has her shortcomings as well. He apparently wants to put up with her shit. She doesn't want to put up with his. And that's her right to. But the, all these public declarations of love and telling people like that he still wants to be with her and people are like clapping and convince her to stay. People are doing the same thing to her that they did to Cardi and be like, yeah, we've seen all his crazy shit. And, you know, Offset cheated on you like 50 billion times publicly. But like, stay, Cardi, give him a second chance because, you know, believe in love. Is that in that woman's best interest? And that's a genuine question. I don't know. I just know she's trying to leave. And if she wants out, then, you know, let her go peacefully. You want to fight for your, your, your person, your spouse, your whoever. Do that shit behind the scenes. This whole, like, having the public weigh in and pressure her to, to stay with you or, or use that to garner sympathy for yourself, it's manipulative as fuck. Which, you know, is right up Kanye's alley. I mean, this is totally in his lane. But, like, can we just acknowledge it for what it is? Like, it's not cute. It's not like, oh, he has so many feelings. It's so sweet. No, it's not. I wish he'd stop that shit. I actually feel bad for Kim. You want to woo your wife back? Do that shit behind the scenes. Bringing all these people into it to turn it into like a public spectacle. It's manipulative. So that is today's podcast. We'll talk again on Tuesday. And just a reminder, the podcast will be on break. Maybe this is the first announcement. Maybe this isn't a reminder. But just an FYI, I'm going on hiatus from uh, December 21st to January 4th, maybe. I'm off for the holidays. Um, I took Thanksgiving off, and I'll be taking Christmas off as well. So I'll be with you all of next week. But the two weeks after that, I won't be with you. I'll be gallivanting. Who knows where? I'll figure that out. Also, hello to him. He's now listening to the podcast. So... Yeah. Hi, babe. Bye, babe. We'll talk again next week, y'all. Bye.
That's for y'all, not for him. Okay, now, for real. Bye.